It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. Time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. Welcome to The Big Rethink. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and today's episode explores trade and technology and their impacts on manufacturing jobs over time. If you believe the research, manufacturing jobs have steadily declined since 1960, then jumped between 2000 and 2007, then gradually increased again over the past decade, despite the supposed impact of automation technology. Our guest, Gustavo Sepulveda, Director for Panasonic's Process Automation Group. He's going to discuss the perception that automation and or U.S. trade policy is responsible for the loss of manufacturing jobs and how the future of supply chain may factor into the equation. Gustavo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Barry. It is great to be here. Likewise. So let's start. Tell us, what is automation and manufacturing? How do you define it? There are many ways, but uh, what I like to say is that automation is the process to implement the latest technologies to make more efficient and safer processes in the factory floor. In some cases, may require the use of machines, robots, and hardware. In other cases, it may need the implementation of different software solutions that warranties a smoother manufacturing flow in the shop. So I think that's a great, great definition. And, and so how does automation technology potentially impact manufacturing jobs to you? What I will say is that there is the wrong belief that automation eliminates jobs, and I think exactly the opposite. The three main risks to keep and generate jobs are, one, lack of efficiency in the line, two, accidents in the floor, and number three, low quality that generates high warranty costs. When this happens, companies cannot grow and when companies do not grow, they cannot generate jobs. On the other side, if automation helps companies to be more efficient, safer, and produce with high quality, the company will be healthy and will be able to grow, and economic growth always generates new jobs. There are countries with very large density of robots. The Countries with the largest density of robots, like South Korea, Japan, and, Ger and Germany, they have the lowest unemployment rate. That is an interesting fact. Uh, in many cases, I don't think people many really understood that. Um, let me ask the question a different way. How does trade wars and tariffs potentially impact manufacturing jobs? Another great question, and uh, more difficult than the previous one. <laughs> Today, we are seeing several companies partially leaving China in order to diversify risk and to be closer to their customers. The two main reasons are the trade wars in one side, on the other side, the pandemic. It is not easy to attribute a percentage to each of these two reasons, though. Trade wars can cause some companies to establish their operations locally 
which would increase manufacturing jobs, but at the same time, tariffs may increase the current manufacturing cost and cause some companies to close or leave their operations. I have seen both cases and only time will tell what the outcome will be. Putting that question in a more succinct way, can you correlate job loss from automation or does American trade policy play a role? I am convinced that automation does not generate job loss. In fact, it is the opposite. I can give you another example. When the pandemic hit, the companies that did better were the ones that had deployed the highest level of technology and automation. They were doing well before the pandemic and they continued to do better once it hit. We can include other variables like American trade policy or any other factor. In my experience, I have never seen a negative impact for the company or for the job market when companies implement automation. So I think that's an important consideration, but let me put another spin on the question then, Gustavo. So, and it may be a little complicated in terms of what I'm asking, but if a U.S. company is facing a competitor from China and they decide to improve productivity through an increased automation investment, so the question becomes whether it's a trade policy issue or an automation issue. I think none of them, because improving safety, productivity, and quality are activities that companies need to do anyway. Companies that do not offer a safe environment or are non-efficient and or produced with low quality will not survive no matter what. For example, who would like to work in an unsafe company? Or who would like to buy low quality or expensive products? I think those are, those are self, uh, self-answering questions, Gustavo. So given our discussion then, and the idea that much of our supply chain resides in Asia, how does supply chain figure into the U.S. manufacturing strategy, especially with the pandemic? Great point. Mm. The pandemic will change the way companies buy and sell their products. Since the U.S. is and will be for the years to come the main market in the world, it will not be a surprise that companies decide to get closer and the manufacturing companies need to be prepared to absorb this need. Now, it is important to mention that the companies cannot do this by themselves. They need railways, ports, roads, manufacturing, educated people, and more factors to succeed. So what countries then would benefit from a reshoring of the current U.S. supply chain approach? You know, this is a very relevant point. Get closer to the market and reshoring do not necessarily mean the United States, as some people think. There is no question the U.S. may benefit from this trend. But companies will have other options like Canada, Mexico, and the companies need to be prepared for this scenario when they compete within the region to attract manufacturing companies. That makes sense. But then going back to the automation technology 
you know, impacting manufacturing jobs, what can executives and employees like us do to reskill? There are several factors. I will focus on two of them. Uh, keep a long-term vision. Nowadays, the pressure to meet or exceed the financial expectation is tremendous in all corporations. I do not want to say that the problem is exclusive in few companies or segments, but keeping and attracting talent is part of the long strategy and executives need to keep the right balance between the short and the long-term goals. The second one that I will say is to be open to try new things. What succeeded in the past will not always succeed in the future. Take calculated risks in order to try new things, innovate, and implement technology. So, Gustavo, we are nearing the end of our time, unfortunately, and I have one last question for you. What do you love most about your job? That's the easiest question of the day. <laughs> the answer is the people I deal with. I have the privilege to interact with very committed and smart people. I learn from them every day, and they are great human beings at work and at home. I look forward to continue sharing my days with all of them. I think that's great, Gustavo, and definitely heartfelt. You know, I, we're almost near at the end of our time, and I want to thank you for uh, being on our show. Barry, thank you very much. I really enjoyed being with you today. Well, that's it for us on another episode of The Big Rethink. And you should remember, whatever you believe, there is a strong need for more research and the interplay between U.S. trade policy and automation technology, especially when it comes to impacts on manufacturing jobs in the U.S. Until next time, I'm Barry Ross. Barry Ross.